he breathed into man and man's life started to flow through him what he breathed into man was himself when he breathed into man man became a living soul a nephesh he became a living soul he had the mind of God he had the communicative skills of God and flowing through him was the life of God welcome to the light of the world and this is Jerry G Martin today we're going to bring you a message by Pastor Ronald Eagleton who spoke to our men at a previous men's conference. And we want to prepare you for the upcoming men's gathering we are having Friday evening on May 5th. I want every man to listen to this message and then stay tuned because we're going to share with you how you can participate in our upcoming men's gathering. Now come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's word. And church is not something men do when they're tired of doing other stuff. For those who are filled with the Spirit of God, the very life of God moves us to do those things which brings pleasure to Him rather than satisfaction to ourselves. I believe that what I'm saying tonight is severely important as an issue for men. Because while there are five points to change your life and be better and six points to get richer and 13 points to be successful and 15 points to leadership I'm saying to you it's just one thing that we need to become the men of God which will straighten out so much of that other stuff and that is surrender to the spirit of God who desires not just to baptize us but to, to abide in us day by day day today much of our concept of the Holy Ghost is primarily an emotional behavior it shouldn't be a means and an end we don't know what the end is we just it's just we got the Holy Ghost you see it's got to be more than that there must be power it was more than that for the early church it was more than that for the purpose of God it was more than that for the assignment that Jesus left these are the things I hear almost daily, whether I hear people say them to me or whether my, I say it in my own spirit or the spirit of God speaks to me. Do we really believe what we say about God? No, no, I ask you a question. See, that I want you to think about. Do I really, really believe that God is who he says he is and can do what he says he can do and that he will do it if he said he would? Do we really still believe in the word of God? I don't know. I haven't lived before. So I don't know what happened in the ages past. But I, I'm just amazed at how many of us take a word and change it so we can live crooked. I'm just talking to men. You know. how, how we fix things so we don't have to get right. How we, how we convince ourselves that God is full of so much grace and mercy till it doesn't matter to him how I live. You see, the thing is, it's not just about how you live. There is a purpose that God has, and it's greater than what's for you. So do we think we're excused from his warnings, his alerts, his instructions? Are we exempt from his judgments? I'm not. I say all the time there is a, a, a word in the word, 
Elder Martin, that scares me to death. I know I'm saved. I know I'm baptized in the Holy Ghost. I'm trying to live like he said live. There's a scripture still that scares me to death. And in that day, some will come and say to him, have not I done these things, these mighty works, and worked these miracles? And he will say, I never knew you. Apparently, they thought. He says, I never. Not you got away. Not you turned. I never. Well, I'll just leave that. If we're immune from correction, then Paul says to us, that we, to the Hebrews, he says, we, we're not sons. He says, we're bastards. Now, every male that's born is a son. You do know that. All you have to do to be a son is to be born and to be male. That's all. So every child is born. And yet he says, you're not sons, you're bastards. Now what that means is, if you don't receive the correction, he says, that's what you are. Now what that means is, it is that yes, you do have the father and you even have a bloodline. You have a kinship, but you have no relationship. It means that you are, you are the result of an illegitimate union. You, you even might be living with the rest of the children, but you are the result of an illegitimate. It's not about a natural thing. It's about the law. It's a natural thing to be born. It's a law issue when you're born illegitimately. So you can carry the DNA, but you can't have all of the privileges and the rights. So I want to be corrected. I just, I just need to be corrected because every time he corrects me, it just sends son. Every time he straightens me out, he's calling me son. So I'm moving. So then why, why is this Holy Spirit baptism important? What made it change the course of the whole world? Why was it so important to Jesus and to the disciples and to those that followed him? That sound, that appearance, that feeling wasn't the only thing that happened on that 50th day after his resurrection. The baptism was God's part. It is what Jesus did, what he sent to fulfill his purpose in the church for his disciples' success in their mission. It was more than just an event. I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm just, I'm just tired of events. We just always have events. Maybe it's because events don't seem to have any staying power, so we got to keep having them. But those fellows that got baptized in the Holy Ghost, let me read some scripture. Let me just read something they said about him. I believe I'm, I'm not even at that. Yeah, I'm at that point. You see, I, I believe there was something that was abiding in them that was more than the, than, than the church activity, than the, than the I, I don't know, at, at our church, at the church where we, well, we, we believe, we some noisy folks, we just acted. They, I, somebody told me just last week, they were they, new to the church and said, let me tell you, Pastor, how, what, one of the things that just made me enjoy this church so much, why we decided we need to stay here. She said, I had never seen men praise God like they praise. But I want you to understand that the Holy Ghost, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, is for more than that exuberance that we feel. You see, the Holy Ghost is empowering me tonight. I don't feel like doing what I'm doing. But the Holy Ghost is empowering me because it's beyond my emotion. I don't, you understand? The power of God is greater than how I feel. It's greater than what I, you know, the, the jerk and the oh. And you see, it's got to be more than that because some Mondays I don't feel like jerking at all. Some Wednesdays I'm asking the Lord, could I resign? Do you have a good payment plan for me if I resign? Do I have any severance, anything if I can resign? I cannot because of the second fire. Oh, yeah. 
I was baptized in the Holy Ghost. I speak in tongues. I cry. I run. I jump. But it's the second baptism that is, the, that is imparted. Because, because the first one ignites the second one. And I'm going to say tonight that the second one is passion. Brothers, where is our passion? Let me just read these. Just, just listen to me read them. I mean, after the initial four verses, after those four verses, let me tell you what happened right after that. Acts 2 and 42, and they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers, praying, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Acts 4, 3 and 4, and they laid hands on them and, and put them in hold the next day. For it was now even tired, that's from, for preaching. Howbeit many of them which heard, heard the defense, believed, and the number of men was about 500. In the second chapter, on the first day, we got 3,000. In the fourth chapter, we got 5,000 I mean 5, more. Can I tell you that the Spirit of God was not acting without men? The Spirit of God that met them on the 120, it was without men. It was the Holy Ghost doing what he did. But from that point on, it was men doing what they do when they're filled. That's, uh, that's okay. Acts 4, 31, 32, when they prayed, the place was shaken. That's after they told them, don't preach this anymore. The place was shaken where they were assembled together. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost, spake the word of God with boldness, and the multitude of them that believed were of one heart. And one soul. God deliver us. I was talking to someone today. I said, do you, do you realize that there is nothing worse that could happen in the church than us to be messy in the church? God deliver you from talking about how good God is and wonderful is in your life. And you can't speak to a brother. We can't be supportive of each other. I'm talking to those other people that didn't come. I could read on, I'm not going to keep reading, but, but there's scripture after scripture after scripture and how the church was added, how, how many came to know the Lord as a result of this baptism of the Holy Ghost. Even, even when the persecution came and they were spread, the Bible said as they spread, now spread means they went running. It meant that they were so bad they had to get out of town. To save their lives and their families, they spread. But everywhere they spread, they were identified. And it's something to consider. You've got the Holy Ghost of God in you, and you've been on that job for 15 years, and nobody knows you, no Lord, but you. Because somebody is waiting. Everything that God does with our lives is of purpose. I have served on jobs. They were waiting for me till I got there. I didn't know it. I was needing some money. I was headed for the job. I applied for the job because I needed the money. But I didn't know it was an assignment from God. I, I should never be anywhere too long without somebody knowing that they might not know what it is, but they ought to know something is different. My conversation, the way that I respond to things. Why? Because I do have the spirit of God in me. And that is the way the spirit. The spirit activates itself. I'm, I'm hurrying. Because Jesus had said, you will be my witnesses. Yes, they had received the Holy Ghost. But there were men of passion even before that baptism. It was passion. 
in the prophet Jeremiah who refused to resign when he was preaching to people who wouldn't hear. And every time he turned back to God, God would tell him, and they're not going to hear, and here's some more message to give them. Why don't we cut this short, God, you know, let's get it over with. You already told them they're not going to repent. Why tell them anything? Your assignment is not to take care of what I'm taking care of. Your assignment is to follow my instructions. Go preach to them. But you said they're not going to hear. I just told you that so you know that. Go preach anyway. It, it was passion. So much so that at one point he came in, in, in the word of God. He had passion so that he said, oh, that my eyes, my head was waters. And my eyes, a fountain of tears. What would you do? He said, I'd weep day and night for the slain of the daughters of my people. I'm just, because ain't nothing but brothers here. I want to ask a question. Us who are filled with the spirit of God. I'm not talking about, this is a beautiful place. Man, this is a beautiful place. Okay, I said that. But I want to know from us, what do you have a passion for? Does the spirit of God move you to please him? This is Jerry G. Martin, and thank you for listening to our broadcast today. You've heard a message by Pastor Ronald Eagleton of Mount Rose Church of God in Christ in Crosby, Texas. He spoke to men at one of our past men's conference. I wanted to bring you this message as we are preparing for a dynamic night with men called our Impact Men's Gathering that we're having right here at the Light of the World Christian Fellowship Church. Uh, several pastors around the city have joined forces together so that we can come with men. And we're looking for boys, we're looking for men who will make a difference. And I want you to be a part of that conference. It's going to be Friday evening, May 5th, right here on our campus. In fact, we're starting early. And we're looking for veterans and truckers, and athletes, businessmen, educators, professionals. We're looking for men who are looking for God and who are looking to make a difference. We're going to have a good time. We're starting in our parking lot, and as we did before, we're asking men who have a custom car or a fine car that they'd like to show out, bring it and display it in our parking lot. If you have a car club, you're welcome to bring your cars. If you have a motorcycle club, we welcome you. Drive your motorcycle and come out here with motorcycle and men. We're going to have some food. We're going to have fun. We're going to have fellowship. There's no cost for this event because we just want to be a blessing to you. And we're going to have a time of instructions and encouragement as well. So just come on out. We're going to open our gates by 4.30 that afternoon. And uh, then we're going to move inside at 7 o'clock. And we are going to be enriched and encouraged to make a difference in this culture and make a difference in this world. So come on out and join us. 16161 Old Dumble Road, May 5th at the Light of the World.